We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jack Ramsey's Danny Brang, Brandon Sprague. A wonderful Thursday afternoon, uh, the night before the Blazers return from the post All Star break, festivities, celebrations, rest, relaxation, all of the things. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. Uh, share us with your friends, share us with your family. Uh, all the good things. Without further ado, the one, the only, the lonely Brandon Sprague. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How's your All Star break been? I, I, you know, it's funny. I. A lot of people think of the players, you know, we get to this point, like Portland not playing tonight, playing tomorrow. You start to kind of go, man, I'm itching. I'm, I'm itching. Mm-hmm. Fans want to see some stuff. But I do think about people like you, people like Sean, the grinders that are there every day, <laughs> sometimes practices, but definitely every single game, even if they might die, they still show up and go to the game. How was the all-star break for you, man? Did you enjoy some relaxation, unplugging a little bit? I It was the most I've unplugged in season with the exception of my hip surgeries. Yeah. So wife and I did some stuff around the house, uh, went out to dinner. Uh, we, we don't ever do Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day. So we were you talking that. about sex with stuff, or were you just saying stuff in general? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, okay. I thought so. <laughs> stuff and sex. Yeah, that's yeah. a great combo. Um, but we pushed Valentine's Day to Monday night because... We don't believe in doing that. Because you're adults and you can do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, I don't feel like paying like $30 more a meal because I want to do it on that night. You can right. kiss my ass. Uh, yes. So we went out to dinner at the place that we went on our first day to. There you um, go. Yeah, you know, you know I'll, I'll even shout about it. A little Thirsty Lion in Beaverton. That was where we went on our first date. So I love a good Thirsty Lion uh, showing. The so good. Well, it's, a, it's a kind of, it's a, the food's good. The vibes are nice. Yeah. The, the lighting's not too bright. It's kind of dim. Yeah. Dresses are always delightful. The drinks are delicious. Like it's just solid. Rated establishment. Yeah. yeah we're, 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 we aren't going Applebee's, Chili's. We are, but a little, a little higher up. But um, yeah, that's that's where I I walked, or I should say walked. I crutched into on our first date. Yes, I walked <laughs> into my first date on crutches. I've told the story on air before, but I broke my ankle the night before the Blazers game, and I didn't want to tell her because she was hot, and I didn't want to let her get away. So <laughs> I showed up that night on crutches. 
Hey, that's commitment, brother. That's the <laughs> ultimate commitment. This guy could have not shown up. And like the Blazers, up. I will show up on crutches to dates. Yes, you will. I saw the injury report for tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of that. Um, I <sighs> wanted to also. I wanted to commend you. I I was bummed. Uh, basketball practice coaching this year. It's like it's not overwhelming. It's just taking a lot of time, and mm. I'm 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 loving it. I like I'm truly finding how much I love doing this. And I remember you telling me. I don't want to do this. I don't yeah. Do this. And then you Absolutely. did it. And you have been maniacal about it. I have been. I'm watching a ton of college hoops along <laughs> with NBA. I'm trying to see what coaches are running, what they're doing. Uh-huh. Turns out college coaches don't do anything on offense. They just, mm. hey, go play go play ball. But I was bummed to miss the interview with Ant. I I, um, I got some things I want to get to tonight on it, uh, That some takeaways. I'm oh, sorry about that. Yes. My camera goes black or my screen did. You're, you're still good. Um. But I, w- I wanted to go through a couple of things. R- great job on the interview. Thank he you. was really fun to listen to. Obviously, you guys have rapport. You've been covering him, and you've been around him in the locker yeah. room, on the side, whatnot, for, for a few years now. But uh, great job on that interview. I probably would have made it worse, not better. Uh, and you I hit on that. some things. Well, but you hit on some things I was really interested in hearing his thoughts on. Mm. And so I wanted to tell you good job on that interview. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, it helps when... Look, I mean, everybody, it's no secret. Ant and I know each other really well. You know, I've, I've I've covered him since his rookie year. He's the guy that obviously I'm closest to on the team because there's nobody that's been around longer than him now. It's him then. I no, think, he's the longest tenured. Yeah, and I think after him, I think technically it's Jeremy. Yes, it's, it's either Jeremy or Jabari. Was the was Jabari, Jeremy yeah, no, was here? No, Jabari was, was here. Jabari and Shaden were drafted before they traded for Jeremy, right? No. Oh, were they acquired? Well, they were both acquired that summer, right? Yeah. Jabari and Shane, so same, the draft. same draft. But then Jeremy yeah. was traded in the beginning yes. of free agency. So technically Shaden and Jabari are, uh, yeah, it's, but regardless, you know, that's wild. That's, those are the guys that have been here the longest. And so, and again, I, I know those guys probably the best outside of Ant. So, yeah. Um, just a matter of spending the time with these guys and, and Ant growing into his own, Although he he did get his balls busted a little bit for developing his own Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, and he's got uh, you know what I mean. But he's not used to talking for forty five minutes straight with a camera in front of him. So for everybody's out there giving him hell, relax. Try talking for five minutes without coming up with your own little click. Well, you and I we 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 try to do this professionally as a living, and, and we still we find all, one. Well, yeah, we 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 end up having moments where we kind of mine's literally. I see. I had that two years ago, yeah. and I had a listener that finally was like, "You know what? I like you, but I've had enough of your literally. Yeah. Not everything is literally." And I, yeah. it was a big rant text, and I'm like, "You know what? He's not wrong. I'm probably saying yeah. it too many times, but it happens when you're yeah. going to talk." I um, turns out when you a- talk for a living, you might say the same words over and over again. You do, and some like you even <laughs> have a show, like you have a moment where you're like, "Why am I saying this?" Why I keep saying this phrase, yeah. you try to get away from as much as you can, but um, there's a lot to get to tonight, Daniel. As weird as it is, the Blazers haven't played a game since we've done a podcast, but there's a crap ton to get to. There is. We're going to get to the TV stuff. We obviously mm. got all your questions that we're going to talk about. I want to start with some ant stuff, some Chauncey-related ant stuff. Uh, pick your brain. And what you're excited for the second half of the season. I know mm. the injury report came out from the PR, and everybody's already like, oh, here we go. But I, I kind of want to talk about what this is going to be in the final 20-some-odd mm-hmm. games, second half of the league, whatever. Um, 
So let's start with this. I, I want to start with the ant thing, okay? Mm-hmm. You brought up and you straight up asked him about Chauncey, and mm-hmm. I find Chauncey's been a lightning rod. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I, th- I feel like you and I, just you and I, mm. I feel like you and I have kind of been similar in some takeaways here where when Chauncey's good, we acknowledge it, mm-hmm. and then they have that road trip, which you've talked about with Ant, and you're like, I don't know about this anymore, man. Like, yeah. but overall, it's a tough situation for Chauncey. You asked Ant straight up, and Ant told told you and told everybody else, this man saved my career. Mm-hmm. I, I love having him as my coach. The communication is great. And I'm just kind of curious. I got a two-part question. I'll start with the first part with you. When an athlete of a team is telling you how they view and feel about the coach, should that change the thinking of people who are watching the game, not a part of the team? Should that change the... The the narrative yeah. about Chauncey. Here's the thing. You can there's different ways to do it. You can go full Jackson Smith and Jigba, like what he did to Shane Waldron a couple weeks ago, where his former coach, again former coach, not current coach, and be like, Good luck, dog, where he threw him under the bus. Um and it's different for you or me versus everyday fan. Contrary to popular belief, the players tell me how they really feel when the cameras aren't on. Which is why I'm pretty confident in the things that I say as it pertains to Chauncey. And that is because when things aren't going well, I hear about it. Mm -hmm. When things are going well, I hear about it. And it's not just Ant. It's up and down the roster. You know when guys aren't happy. Look, there have been multiple guys that have been starters this year that have gone back to the bench and been gone back to starters that have kind of fluxed. You can talk about Tease. You can talk about Tumani. You can talk about Scoot. You can talk about Jabari. Yeah. Like, there there have been a number of guys that have been in that situation, and I talked to them through that stuff. Good, bad, or otherwise. And even when guys have been frustrated about a certain thing, and not even just Chauncey, just in general, frustrated with their play, Frustrated with the inability to knock down shots. Frustrated with their roles fluctuating. Frustrated they're not getting touches. Frustrated where they are, def- what they're doing defensively or not doing defensively. Like anything else, when you bitch and complain at your job, there's levels to it. And you just got to be able to read that. Without all of that context, it's really hard for Joe Schmo fan to be like, yeah, everything he's saying right now, I believe. And I get that. But there's also like... There's levels to backing a coach. Like, yes. He saved my career. Is like, I think that's that's higher up on the ladder of like, yeah, no, I trust this guy and I believe in this guy as opposed to, no, we have a really yes. good working relationship. Like, right. there's uh, yes. levels to how you go about this stuff. He could have kept it super <laughs> casual. Yeah. He could have said, hey. He- Dot your eyes, cross your cheese, keep it moving. Yeah. Like, you got to be able to read the tea leaves of – the professional answer, what you hear off the air is not always what you're going to get on the air. And we understand the business part of that is why like only some athletes are going to be honest like that. The fact that he went out of his way to say, saved my career. Yeah. That's not a run of the mill. Oh yeah. He's fine. Like it. No, that's, that's an endorsement to me when I hear it that way. Yeah. That's, that was a, that was how I interpreted it. Let me ask you then the relationship part of that. You and I also agree on this. Like, 
coaching is vital. We see good coaching mm-hmm. when you see it. Like Spolstra is the best for a reason. You can yes. just see in the game what he's doing and what he's learning. But relationships are also vital. Yes. And, you know, there's coaches that get bagged early after a year. Vogel got bagged after two years after winning a chip with the Lakers. He was a scapegoat. Blatt had to think it was leading the East when he got fired in 16-17 with the Cavs. Griffin was second in the East this year when yeah. he got canned by the, the Bucks. Of 100% of the coaching, mm-hmm. what's the percentage to you that, like, being personable and having good relationships... Yeah. What's that percentage of coaching in the NBA to you? And I think there's a difference between having good relationships and quote-unquote liking your coach. I know players that have great relationships with coaches that don't necessarily like their coaches. Like that's They don't actually go hand-in-hand. Or guys that like their coaches but don't have great working relationships with them. Like it's... It doesn't always mesh. Like the the one that's kind of a, a recent one to call out, like Steve Nash. Steve Nash was handpicked by KD. Mm-hmm. It did not work well. Will Hardy will chew the living crap out of every player on the Jazz, but they also love him. Even if they sometimes are, like, you know, you hear some some bitching and complaining in the background, and with the guys with Chauncey. I've heard guys are like, yeah, well, you know, he wants us to do X, Y, or Z, and it's like, okay, we got to do this, but sometimes it's a little bit harder because we don't have necessarily the personnel to do something like this, but everybody's still kind of pulling in the same direction, and I think a lot of that has to do with how Chauncey has managed the relationships, and I want to call out a specific thing that kind of highlights some of this to me. That road trip where they got the ever-living shit kicked out of them night in and night out, and it went sideways. Number one, I went and asked the Blazers if they were considering making a coaching change or if this road trip has consi- has made them consider that. Mm-hmm. I did not get anything that would indicate that they were had ever considered that. Like, I can, I can say that I asked, okay? Mm-hmm. On this other side of that, what ended up happening in, in, in New York... Is and it alluded to it, and I'll kind of maybe add a little bit more to it from what I've been told. They had a not a players only meeting. It was a not a kumbaya session, but it was a it was a festivus. It was an airing of grievances. Guys frustrated about their role, what they want to do, what they what they wish they were doing, how they were being used or not used, things that they could do, playing with more pace, getting more passing, um, just stuff. And then, as I understand it, Chauncey talked to guys and went, you may want X, but you're getting Y. Mm -hmm. Because that's how shit needs to go. That's why Doc Rivers was brought in for the Bucs, was to establish a packing order and establish role and responsibilities. And talking to a lot of the young guys over the last month and a half, six weeks, they've been very adamant that that meeting was crucial for them as far as like understanding and making sure not only roles but responsibilities and expectations were extra clear and it's simplified some things it has advanced some things and they aren't perfect since then but if you're telling me that that post road trip 
that you haven't seen that they look different, they go about things differently, that they aren't growing, then you're just, you're miserable. It's just that simple. And all of that comes from the relationship side of coaching. There's no X's and O's in there. And all of that, to me, I have, you can say, oh, you're, you're just doing this because you, you really want to support the organization. Back when everybody wanted to kill Terry Stotts, this is the exact same thing I said. I will keep it 100 on this over and over and over again. The relationship stuff and the guys wanting to go to bat for you, I, 70, 75, 80% of this for me. It is so much of this, it's, I can't even put into words how much of that this stuff is. Now, mm-hmm. if we're talking about on the championship level, yeah, you, you want the Nick Nurses and the Eric Spolstros and the X's sure. and O's, the Ty Lues. Sure, absolutely. I get that. When you're talking about when the margins are razor thin, that extra 5% can be the difference between winning and losing. Ask Doc Rivers. He's lost plenty. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's the relationships and the understanding. Ding, 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 ding. That stuff and how things fall in line. And until, look, particularly with a rebuilding team or a, a new young team, that to me is the single, and this isn't something new. I said this from the jump. The single most important thing to me on the coaching side of this is that stuff. The belief, the, the understanding, the setting expectations and adjusting how things are. Starting the year with Scoot starting. Ant gets hurt. Scoot's not good. Oh, no. Adjusting expectations. Shea's getting 25 shots a night. Guys yeah. are getting healthy again. Resetting things. DA goes off the way. He goes, Ert, need to readjust some things. He comes back from being hurt. Okay, we need to make sure we adjust this. Get DA more involved. Get him in a spot that makes more sense. We got to make sure that we're balancing. Ant and, like, There's so much kind of going into this that has nothing to do with it, the X's and O's. And it's not even managing egos. It's managing personalities and making sure everybody's on the same page. And this is what... This is what good coaching looks like for a developmental team. Now, is, is this me saying that Chauncey is this great coach? No. I have told Chauncey flat out to his face, there are things that you do that I disagree with, and then I told him what I disagreed with. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like We've had those conversations. But to me, the most important thing is how he treats the young guys, brings them along. When guys are ready, he gives them opportunities to fail. Doesn't put them out there if they're not ready. And the trust that he has from those guys, like, and if those are the like, if we get two years down the road and those are the only things that are still there, is they're trying to turn the corner, well, then I think you can make it. You can have a real discussion about changing coaches when you're trying to take that next step. If if Billups hasn't grown with the team, but to me, right now, you 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 can him at the end of this year, unless something goes sideways. Yeah, I you you risk when you talk about how how you handle like progressing young teams when you cut a coach's legs out from underneath him and he's got the locker room still. You almost never hear about that. Yeah, because if you do that, then you kind of break the the trust of the locker room, so to speak. I uh, I said this at media day when everybody was going up there and taking their turns, and Chance went up there and. Joe went up there and Dwayne went up there and, you know, a couple players had even mentioned some stuff. They had all kind of specifically shouted out Jody. 
And I, I noted it. I'm like, man, like Chauncey's first thing he said at media day was thanks so much to Jody and everything they did. They had a kitchen, right, with a full staff. And like they've they've at the G League stuff. Uh, we'll get to the TV stuff here in just a minute. But I noted and I said I said on the radio and I may have said it on the podcast as well. It's not a topic for me. Like you can be mad at whatever you're mad at with that situation and how you feel, it's kind of a moot point. Nothing is changing. Everybody's all yeah. in in the organization with it. And look, I've I've gone hot and cold. And I, I actually think that's the proper way to ana analyze this stuff, right? The seasons have ebbs and flows. Yes. It's 82 games. You can't have a concrete opinion on this and never change like based on what you're seeing. And Chauncey, to me, is kind of the ownership thing. Like, with the Ann interview that you did, with what we've heard from Joe at the trade deadline, with what his evaluations of this is, have, have been for, for Chauncey and how he views the growth, what we've seen from Scoot, it's kind of a non-topic to me. And I know it's a popular one, maybe on Reddit or maybe on Twitter or social media. I It's kind of a non-topic to me now. It's reached the same level of Jody. Of like, you can feel however you feel. Yeah. It's changing there. They're, they are committed into what they are doing and who they are right now and probably in the next year, this is it. There, what, there's no point of talking about it. Nothing is going to change in that regard. And unless the, unless my bullshit meter is going off from like literally everyone in the organization, which it hasn't been, then I would go the other way. You know what I mean? Like, if let's use Ant because he was in the interview. Ant was sure. saying all of this, and I'm talking, and I don't want to say any names because I don't want it to come across as that person said that thing. If I'm talking to somebody and they tell me he's full of shit, da -da 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 -da, then I'd be like, mm, okay, I need to take a look, 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 a little look in this and start paying a little closer attention to a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, because yeah. I've seen that before. Seen that before. You know, with when it comes to assistants or training staff or, you sure. know, people behind the scenes and you're like, mm, okay, let me I'm go and watch that. There was a little bit of that going on at the beginning of Chauncey's career here with some of the veterans that were here and like the way it kind of was brought back and it shouldn't have been, but they doubled down and tripled down on it. And it was like instant unhappiness. Yes. And, and you know, you know, and you saw it right away about yes. who wasn't happy about what. And it was like, yes. and that's what I'm saying. Like, I've seen this before. I know what it looks like, but it pertains to particularly this coach. So it's like, uh, it's, it's a little when guys are still pulling the same direction with him this early yeah. in the process. When you're not worried about winning games, now that changes when you're talking about winning games, or you're taking the next step. If all of a sudden the things that are stopping you from winning games is late game execution because you're not getting into your stuff, or schematically you're not doing the things you need to do on both sides of the floor or your game plans coming in to take on a, a particular opponent. It's like, what the hell? And it just keeps popping up. Then we can have that discussion because that, then it becomes a prudent discussion because it's impacting the growth and success of the team and how they are trying to move step by step. Um, Real quick, I want to get to the TV stuff and then I'm going to dive. We're going to dive into the questions. We got a lot of Indeed. questions here. Um, what was your favorite, what was your takeaway? Like, I know you enjoyed the conversation. Was there one thing more than the others for you talking to Ant that, that 
that struck you? Something that stood out for you? Of like, he actually oh. he actually got me with one that he had never told me before, and I you can see my reaction in the interview. He to, he said he, it wasn't until year three that he felt comfortable taking the NBA three, and I was like, yes, what? yes. Like I almost, I think I almost said or said like you never told me that like <laughs> because he we, made a we, buck seventy as a rookie. Yeah, I, I was I busted his ass on that one. <laughs> An unnecessary yeah. low blow for people who weigh one hundred and seventy pounds, Daniel. <laughs> Yeah, Damn not, it, man! Not, I mean, how tall are you? I'm about. I'm almost six one in shoes. Okay. You know, so so it think looks about, good on me. I was saying, Ant was you know three plus inch taller. He was in the same weight. Yeah, soaking wet. The man wasn't heavy. Uh, but hey, he'll tell you right now. He's two hundred, or I think he's like one ninety seven, something like that. He always he always says it's hard for him to stay at two hundred during the season. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But that one caught me off guard. But the, the the overarching theme of the entire thing was just how different this was from the very first time I talked to him. I would argue how different it was when we talked to him two years ago. It's, he's podcast. so, so different. And um, I heard Casey Holdall mention it on the uh, Blazers balcony. So it's 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 um, no longer embargoed. Aunt, Aunt had a kid two weeks ago, 10 days ago, 11 days. What the hell is today? The 21st? Wasn't he so, tagged in a post? 10 days Wasn't there ago. Wasn't a post on it? I, look, I I always try to, even on that stuff. I I I let players always gotcha. That's I never ever want to step on any of that. But Ant had Ant had his his first baby ten days ago, um, and he's thrilled. He's happy. He's energized. He like we talked about it a bunch, you know, before the show and and seeing how far he's come in six years. Like that that to me was the bigger thing because he showed up at NBC for his first interview post raf with Joe Shane and I, and he came with his agent then and his parents and, and I met his parents then. Like, it was so weird. Like, I mean, how am I meeting this NBA player's parents? But like, he's so he's, he's young. A baby. He's so young and he was so shy. And he said, like, we got him there early and he said five things in a half hour. And I'm like, Oh boy, this is going to be tough. You know, <laughs> from that, moment till you know the other night it, it's it was just like it was it was it was more like proud like look at look at this young guy growing up man that's a grown-ass man right here now and it's it was that part it was the coolest thing but on the on the thing that i didn't know it the the, the not being comfortable with his three thing because i was like what are you talking about like he was just like yeah i just never like some days it felt like it was three feet some days it felt like it was 30 and i was like what the hell? Like that's like we've talked about his shooting and developing his footwork and all that stuff like more times than I could count. And for him to like, like oh yeah, no, I didn't trust that until year th- after year three. I was just like, the hell? Like yeah. That. So that's actually that's actually something when I do uh, a sit down with another player, uh, I'm gonna bring that up and be like, you realize that one of the best shooters in the league didn't feel comfortable with this until year three. So it's. You know. Well, I would assume you're you're teasing a, a scoot thing there, but it's nice to remember. Like Ant basically came out of. I know he's out of IMG for a year, but it's roughly not all the different. same age. Yeah, like they were yeah. both. Look, physically, Scoot looks more advanced. Yes. Yes. there's no doubt about that, and his and his skill set is um, much more progressed, particularly on the ball. But but size has nothing to size and strength has nothing to do with comfort though right like yep. that's the thing about yep. that that's so different and that's yeah. the thing is like developing the feel and the comfort and the confidence of which I would say Scoot had immeasurable amounts before that game tipped off in Los Angeles yeah and that took a little bit of a 
a dive. A little bit. I think I think it's coming back. I think it's coming back. I, th- I mean, I'm he, I'm still not a lot of hope for that. Um, but good interview with Ant. Check it out on the YouTube page right here. Um, you can see it's the last pod that we did. Danny did a great job with it. The TV news. We have not talked about this together. The TV yeah. dreaded local TV number has come out. Dun, 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 dun. Front office sports. You know these sports media. Uh, media types that like to examine ratings and whatnot. And Portland is far and away had the biggest drop in viewership on their local TV deal. Now we know they're with Root. Almost every single game is Root Plus. We also know right before the season, Danny, they added Root Plus to the premium package. I already had that. I wasn't sure how that went. I just found out I had it by going to the channel. Not everybody Yeah, I turned on, it was on. I was like, oh, I guess I'm already getting raked over the course for this. I mean, Comcast <laughs> sends me my bill every month via text, and I'm like, I am paying a lot of stupid money for this. But, but you and I get to write it off. Uh, yes, we do. Shout out taxes. <laughs> um, but Portland had the biggest one by a pretty wide margin. Yeah. Now, you know, everybody kind of, I think, came to the same conclusion, whether that was access or combination of access and rebuild. Dame's gone. Baby Blazers, 15 wins at the All-Star break. Uh, what was your first reaction when this started to kind of pick up traction of where we were at? So I kind of had an idea of where things were heading a couple weeks ago, just discussions uh, behind the scenes of just stuff. You know, I I do check-ins periodically with the business side of the org and just kind of understanding where things are. Of Like, that way this stuff doesn't kind of go bloop. Um, But the, the ratings, it was surprising, but not surprising. The thing for me that I immediately thought was wonder what the ticket stuff is. And in yeah. talking to the business side, the year over year attendance is nowhere near 40 to 60% difference. So that right there, the indicator was like, okay, so people are still mostly coming to the game. So the Dame effect is probably real. And the team being in a rebuilding era, at 15 wins is probably real, but it's not exaggerated to the point to anywhere to 40 to 60%. So that would immediately lead me to believe that the access to games is supremely prohibitive to where they are. And Mm -hmm. the thing is, is the Blazers don't even have access to those numbers because those numbers are out via Comcast. Like they don't have access to that because Comcast isn't a partner anymore. Yeah. So, and look, man, like, let's read the tea leaves here. Comcast dropping that when they did probably had a, you know, a reason behind it, I would ex- I would suspect. Who did the Blazers not renew with? You yeah, know? it doesn't even exist anymore. So, yeah, Brandon, I know. <laughs> hey, we're coworkers now. <laughs> I'm aware. I lost a lot of money. <laughs> Hey, man, they let me go after one year. (laughs) I was told straight up in a meeting on contract renewal conversation by the head of that company at the time, you know, we could get somebody a lot prettier than you to cover multiple teams. And I was like, I don't even know how to respond to this right now. I know I'm ugly, but damn, bro. Knowing who that was, that that sounds exactly right. Um, yeah. we had different bosses, but I know, I know who your boss was, uh, yeah. but without getting to inside baseball, um, I am nearly certain I will go to, to, to quote my friend Kelly Coyne and his character in uh billions dollar bill. I am not uncertain that <laughs> this summer 
the Trailblazers will have at least some semblance of a solution to the problem going forward in the sense of I very strongly believe there's a couple different avenues that and then um, the the part of that question is kind of like, okay, what are the paths that they can kind of get out of here? And um, I would say you have root folds, which I think is a very real possibility, which you can tell by the way the Kraken are handling things publicly even. Yeah, they told the Seattle. For those who didn't see this, they uh, one of their executives in Seattle, uh, the Kraken on their flagship station, ninety three three KJR, had said out loud, "We're well aware of the situation of what's going on at Root, and we will not be as an organization caught flat footed." Indicating that we don't. We already have things in place. <laughs> but yeah, they're preparing as if yeah. something might not be there anymore. So at least the hockey team in Seattle is prepared. I would imagine the Vulcans who are stationed in Seattle, obviously that's the connection to Root. They're well aware organizationally also what could be looming potentially. We don't know yet, yeah. but that's kind of been the scuttlebutt. And if you want to read tea leaves there, beyond that, who owns Root? The Mariners. Who mm-hmm. slashed their payroll after committing or just absolutely screaming to the high heavens they were going to be competitive this year? Yeah. Well, baseball networks, regional networks and baseball are really in in grave danger right now. They need to be bailed out, be bailed out, excuse me, by Amazon. Amazons yep. of the world. So Which it's, is it's happening really and, and Amazon is uh, is a potential player to get in the NBA world as well. And we'll talk about that as we get closer to the summer. The other part of this is I would not be surprised. So these T V deals, they always have um buybacks. Yeah. And whether it's Comcast, whether it's Brute, whether uh Spectrum in LA, there's there's all Valleys, there's always buyback opportunities. Yep. And for those that don't know what buybacks are, the Blazers essentially would give back the money that they got for, let's say, 10 games. So if that 10 games is like, what, 7, 16% of their, the money they got that year, they give that money back, and then they also pay to get those games back to them. So it's doubling down on costing you. But... I would believe that the Blazers, if they have the opportunity to do buybacks within their inventory, that they buy back a percentage of the game. Let's say Root carries into next year for the, for one more year, which they do have one more year under contract with, with another option year. I would bet a significant amount of money that option isn't touched. Um, Is that a Blazer option or a, a Root option? Blazers, Blazers option. Blazer option, okay. So um, beyond that, within those buybacks, and I think the Blazers would probably use that as a as a test cycle with um, one of the local broadcasters, whether that's Coin CW, whether it's Fox 12 and Fox 12 Plus, KGW. Fox 12 Plus been doing G League games, right? They've been doing the remix games? Correct, they've been doing the remix games. Uh, For the the business side of this, Nexstar, which I believe is the owner of Coin, is also the same company that owns the uh, conglomeration project that they're doing this in Phoenix. Again, Going full Charlie Day here from uh, It's yes. Always Sunny. We're drawing a lot of lines, all right? A lot of yarn. A lot of yarn. <laughs> may, may put the heater in my lip here and call it good, huh? Keep it up. So they uh, there's a lot of different things that are going on. But as I understand it, 
I to people the Blazers know that people are pissed. They're not happy that Let's go for the most selfish point of view. The Blazers okay. do not want to have less people watching their games. Less right. people equals less ad revenue. Less ad revenue equals less money. So the Blazers are going to do what they can do to get more games out. The idea that they should just get out of the deal with Root, the legal tie-up that that would be would likely not be worth it, and you probably wouldn't be out of the deal before the the legal proceedings took place. Can, can I ask you one quick part of that, yeah. though? Because I, I, I do think it's fair criticism that I've seen from some people. Mm-hmm. How I, mean, I don't know if you know for the answer to this, but like the announcement of what tier that was going to be on on route this year was mm-hmm. like kind of like right at the last minute it felt like as the season was starting. Oh, yeah, 100% was. And I, I, I have been told that the team did not have any Access. kind of advanced warning to that because that is a Comcast-only deal. Gotcha. They okay. they, they, their partnership is with Root. Their contract is with Root. Comcast is an entirely different entity. If Dish Network or DirecTV yeah. and anybody else had done this, it's the same thing. I think people conflate the two locally because of the pre-existing relationship with the Trailblazers and NBC Sports slash Comcast. But well, I think yeah. that I yes, that's the second part of it too. Yeah. Though is like not only was it just jacked at the last second, I think there's a lot of people and and to their credit, like right. So lately, it's you know Dwayne and 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 company. Obviously, they're running the business part of this. This mm-hmm. is about making money, but there are people, Danny, very skeptical that they're actually going to make these more accessible. Given the NBC hang up with the Dish and the satellite providers when that was going down, and then getting onto Root and Rooting, basically saying, "Hey, you're not as important as baseball or hockey. You're going to be on our Root Plus channel." And then Comcast coming in this year and saying, oh, we're jacking up the price for this tier. No. Um, the thing about this is, I think I've reported this before, I believe it was 2015 or 20, and 2018 and maybe one other time, both under Paul Allen and under Jody Allen, whether it's the estate or Paul Allen himself, the Trailblazers tried to go um, over the air. The NBA did not let them. So uh, broadcast rights are a part of BRI, basketball-related income. And mm-hmm. the league was not going to like, no, sure, that's okay, go ahead and turn down X millions of dollars guaranteed and instead try to get it in via over the air where you recoup it via ad revenue. And, you know, if it doesn't work, oh, well, that's less of the right. pie. <laughs> yeah. So it's like that balancing act from the NBA saying, no, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Um, so... They did try to do this already, and again, it's, it's, it's I'm sure from it, from me it sounds like lip service, but I I don't you see it like people can interpret that how they want. I just view it as like you're actually going to stuff and you're talking to people. So I'm more using you as just yeah no like these hearing, these are the I mean? things that I've that I've been told over time um, that they've tried to do this and it's only post COVID that the league looked at doing this because they saw the changing landscape as RSNs were starting to, to fall away. So, look, did the Blazers make mistakes with the deals? Yes, technically, because they signed it. But as much as the root deal wasn't good, it was better, in a sense, because mm-hmm. it was when it was signed, it was in more households, and not just in Seattle. 
It was on Dish. It was on Direct, and Comcast wasn't. And so you were getting the distribution for all of the people out there. Well, the world's heading towards streaming. In sports, it's not. It's the number one place for over-the-air broadcasts. The, the number one thing that hits still is sports. Oh, or not over-the-air, but uh, cable. The number one thing in cable that is still watched that hasn't crossed that threshold of streaming taking over is sports. Yeah. And so they were like, okay. And they didn't sign a 10-year deal. They signed a short-term deal. It was a short-term deal compared to most TV contracts. And that was the whole yeah. thing. So did they get screwed in the end because they weren't they picked the wrong partner and that that partner wasn't willing or able to to find a streaming partner that was worth a damn or allowed for better access or got taken advantage of because of another partner? Sure, I guess. But I just go eh. I think that the, you look at the, both deals, they both sucked. Yeah. So the buyback, the buyback part of what you're talking about, though, like if that, if that's what they that'll do, that'll be the really interesting thing. Is if if there's if what exists there, how much and how much they're able to kind of dig into that, because I don't unless root folds, I don't think they're going to be able to to get like half or more of the games, but a percentage of the games. No, but if you get 10, like let's just use a smaller number, 10, yeah. right? An eighth of the season, basically. Like, It's not I, I, great, but it's not nothing either. You don't have to worry. But it's worry. a goodwill move, I think, by the organization. Because they're, they pay, they're, like, they're paying real money. Yeah, we're paying for this. We're, we're giving money up while also paying on, on top of that. So it's like, that's, I think, a show of good faith. So if, like, if, if it allows for that in the deal, which I, I, I haven't seen this deal. Like what the clauses, like these deals are... Good God, miles long. I have general ideas of how these TV deals work because I know people who have been in these rooms. Yeah, and it's it just kind of is what it is as you as you as you look at that stuff. So that's uh, that's my general synopsis of yes, it sucks. Yes, we're all yeah. in this together. Hopefully, if what I've heard and been told is true, this the the, the long nightmare should end very soon. Yeah, I, 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 I most uh, most a lot of Blazer fans I know I've heard from, they're definitely in that camp. Um, let's get to some questions. Yeah, yeah let's talk about this. Let's, let's stop being right, Debbie, Debbie Downer. Questions in a while. Here we go. Well, it's not a Debbie Downer. I think it's a, I think it's vital information we're talking about here because it's being able to watch the team. Uh, first question: more athletic slash worse shooting. Oh wait, hold on. Oh no, sorry, that, that was the response. Up. That was the that was yeah. the uh, okay. Here it is. I got him. Alex, I'm sorry, Alex Sar. So my draft preview is either going to come out after this pod or tomorrow. I'm going to push publish on it. I waited on it. I dinked with it all all weekend long and watched some film. Everybody saw the photos of Mike Schmitz and Joe and Cronin Joe in Australia. In Australia, yeah. uh, watching Alex Sar. Um, Wag bumped into Joe in L.A. Oh, coming were, back when he was coming back with Oof. the pilots, and he just stopped briefly. Was like, hey, and he's like. Yeah, was down in Australia, and I was—I don't think Swag saw, but I wanted to be like, yeah, you should have told him. Yeah, I saw you on. TV. Yeah, I should have saw you on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they were supposed to go down and see him earlier this year, but he had picked up a hip injury, so they had to swap that around. But yeah, they went down and saw him. Like, it's out there for everybody to see now. <laughs> yeah, they were down there. Now they're on TV. Um, I'll, I'll ruin the lead. Sar is number one on my draft. And I have comped him to Jaron Jackson Jr. because of how well he moves. Uh, 
Very athletic big, yeah. Terrifyingly active. Uh, yeah. He doesn't move like Wemby in the sense of like, that's not real. He moves like Jaron, where you're like, seven-footer shouldn't do that. But he's also, you look at his frame, you don't look at him and go, I wonder if he's going to get hurt. Like, you look at him and go, that dude's sturdy. He should Yeah, move body like weight that. distribution's pretty even. Yeah, and he like, you look at it, you, you know who he reminds me of is, I hate saying this. Well, is this a physical comp? Yes. It, it, it's, okay. It's, he moves like Greg Oden did at, at Ohio State. A massive human being who covers an obscene amount of space. I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. Don't do it. If one I'm leg's <laughs> longer than the other, I'm out. Hey. But in all seriousness, the- go watch go watch Ohio State, Tennessee in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And watch what Greg Oden does that game. I, I and dude, watch I, I remember watch it. Yeah. a seven footer move across the floor in a stance like a guard. It's Sar for like I haven't even I offensively if he can just be a stretch big and finish around the rim be a rim roller that's a win like I don't need him to be elite defensively he has a chance to be a defensive player of the year based on what I've seen in mm. the years that the league gets tired of just handing it to Wimby a little Mobley esque in that way. Think of a cross between Mobley and Jaron Jackson. And Triple Jr. J. Like okay. somewhere in between the two of those. Because he's not as, as big, thick as Jaron is now. Jaron's, like, to be blunt, Jaron has a big ass. Sar's not that big in the trunk down low. But he's, he's not, not as skinny small. as no, he's not yeah. as skinny as Evan. So, like, yeah. if you're adjusting the slider on them physically, he's kind of in between. And honestly, I would say his game is kind of in between that because he's able to put the ball down on the floor like Mobley, not as good, but better than Jaron. But he's also shown a propensity to be able to knock down shots where Jaron has. And Evan is, that's kind of like the, been the thing with Evan. Like, can you take that step offensively? But I think he is that guy from this draft. That is, that is my number one right now. And barring something significantly different changing, I was going back and forth between him and another guy. And then he's kind of gotten healthy and I'm like, yeah, seven foot one and doing all that. I'm I'm in. I'm just uh, the the, yeah. the way that I always go, and you will you can go back to whenever when I started doing this. All things being equal, the the if there's a guy who's bigger and more athletic with like more fluidity, I'm gonna go with that. That's yeah. just that's just typically how I'm gonna go. The only leg longer than the other I want to know about. The third leg. If his third leg's longer than the others, that's okay. That's good for him. But I <laughs> do don't really good in those leg. baseball pants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, holy crap! I will be at those spring training games if that's what he's wearing. Uh, another, another question. Uh, this one's interesting. Hyken, I saw this from Sean Hyken, uh, our good buddy at the Rose Garden Report. And Indeed, I, I, I know you also saw this. Uh, somebody's asking, have the Blazers pretty much given up on the All Star Weekend as a as a host city? Indiana hosting. Oh, okay. Cleveland's had it multiple times. Yeah. They've been to a lot of smaller ish markets. Uh, Hiking put out the information, the NBA requirements. Now, interesting note here. They do not line up. Well, what's what I find interesting is not so much the information that we got from Sean, but I was listening to a Windhorse pod, the Hoop mm-hmm. Collective, and it was the first one post the All-Star break, and basically what he said was cities that gave money for public funding for st- arenas are the ones that are getting rewarded. And I just... 
to let the cat out of the bag. He's like, I hate to say that out loud, but it's it's just true. Cities that give public money for arenas are basically the ones that are getting rewarded for a lot of this stuff. I can also put out the information. I know they've talked about putting bids in. I know they haven't given up hope completely, but where do you stand on Portland getting an all-star game ever? Full disclosure, I have not talked to the Trailblazers specifically about this since it came out. Um, I know that they very much wanted to put a bid in for 2030. They fall drastically short of the requirements. Those requirements all, all three, is like all three. way short. Yeah. So they fall short of the flights, both domestic and internationally. They fall very short. They are a whole ass hotel short. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't even think it's the issue of having another five star. They don't have another four star. Like they, it's like they just Portland just doesn't have hotels. That's always been the issue. Like it's a problem when you're talking about uh, Portland as a host city for anything. It's just, it's too can dance the hills. We don't have places to put things. And then mm-hmm. the, the exhibition space. I've seen people say, well, the expo center. I'm like, have you driven from Moda to the expo center on any day? No, you walk. Like, no, no, I'm talking expo, not convention center. Oh, oh, the expo yeah, yeah. center. No, oh, they're, they're saying yeah, the, yeah. like you could use both. And I'm like, Yo, you mean the 45 minutes it takes to drive between the two blocks? Don't worry, there's going to be another bridge. Or two there, exits? Though. And I'm like, that's a non-starter, dude. That yeah. that's, that hellscape is not going to fly. And even yeah. then, the combined space between the convention center and expo is like 125,000 feet short. So, yeah, and not only that, Portland, uh, not uh, not a city that put public funds up. Remember, PA built that thing. Yeah. So, strike four. <laughs> Do I think that they're still going to try? Hell yes. You know, maybe, uh, maybe they, they rig some things around. Like, what if we do this and we do this and then we figure something out? I think we're going to be in our 50s when we finally get it, is my prediction. I selfishly want to have it here because I want to cover one here. I think it would be dope as hell. Hell yeah. Just, just one. I don't want this to be like the NFL Combine, like where Indianapolis, like my city, becomes a hellscape for a week. I'm just like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you sit in that dinner with certain people in that event, I think you'd change your tune. True, but the thing that I was told kind of behind the scenes that becomes has become more problematic about like the hosting of these games is that the NBA behind the scenes sells these experience packages. Yeah. And like for Buku Bucks. To billionaires and billionaires all over the world. And that's really what this is about. Like, they can't sell the experience package to the Chinese billionaire to come kick it at the Ritz in Portland. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't wrong, it's a nice hotel, but it's like. Yeah, it's fallen a little short of that requirement. Yeah, I mean. You know, there's not even a four seasons here. You know, it's like, um, so like that's to me, I think a big part of this is like, that's where a lot of this money comes from. And they, they make a boatload of money. And guess what? All those vendor spots for those exhibition spaces. Yeah. All those vendors pay a crap ton of money too. So they, and they want to squeeze as many in there as possible. And if you go like, Oh yeah, we have a, yeah, we have an expo building. It's about five miles away. Also, the only way you can get there is on the interstate. It's going to take you like 40 minutes at any time of the day. It's not like, you know, crack at hours. 
Yeah, imagine the bridge gets lifted too. I mean, oh. <gasps> uh, do you think Ant gets traded this offseason or trade deadline? Do you think a scoot and sharp backcourt has contender level potential? Um, I don't think they're touching the backcourt until next summer. I think they want to get a full evaluation cycle. Scoot kind of giving his feet underneath him. Especially with Shaden. Yeah, Scoot and Ant being games. healthy. Shea having recovering from his surgery, integrating DA. Just this season, it's not lost, but it, there's been some real bummers with injuries. Ant missing, mm-hmm. what, 20 games with the thumb. Uh, Scoot just being like... Not ready. Yeah, basically, for everybody's taking a turn being hurt this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, JG's really been the one who's been mostly healthy in the starting lineup, and dude, he's probably the one that needs the break the most. Guy just keeps hitting the floor, and every time I go in the locker room, he's got something new on his back. Yeah, uh, I, I, I jokingly said, "Are you going to start using Sage for your back too?" After he roasted Royce Wright with a Sage tweet, so. Um, <laughs> He uh, he did get me to to attempt to go do dry needling on my hips though. So, How did that go? I, I there's nowhere near Newburg, so I've I've got a appointment scheduled to go give it a try. But of all the things I've done, that, that's the one like the one thing I haven't. So and he said it worked for him for for stuff. So I'm gonna go give it a try. I think the 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 second part of that question, the second question here, do you think a scoot sharp backcourt has contender level? I mean, way like, too early to tell. It was way it, too early. Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, way too early. Chris Paul and Kobe in Portland. I mean, that's an amazing thing that we're going to have in about six years. Uh, so, final answer: you don't you think Ants here at least going into the next summer, not yeah. this summer yeah. or the unless, deadline? Again, yeah, all the contingencies of unless some shit hits the fan. Like, right? I don't. Right. I don't think anybody can tell or know where things are with this stuff. But also, like, it is kind of what it is. They bringing you food? Yeah, I got. I just got some food. I, I knew that look. What you got? That's amazing. What do you got? Uh, I got some Mexican food. Oh my god, I'm so what happy. Kind, what kind of Mexican food? Come on, come on, share with the class. Uh, I don't actually know what it's called. It looks like a burrito, but it's got something else in it. It's Mexican food, Danny. What do you? God, you were the whitest white guy that's ever whited. Uh, yes. Ricky would be disappointed. Ha- Ricky would be disappointed. See? I'm telling you this right now. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm a disappointment. Okay, Pichy gringo. I'm. St- you know what? Stop it. Okay, <laughs> you stop it. Um, what is the timeline for this Blazers team to be competitive in the West again? How will this roster look next year's trade deadline? Um, I you answer in Spanish, you smartass. <laughs> I can't anymore. Get me yeah, up probably ten years ago. I could have. Um, I think they're going to make pretty substantial changes this summer. Pretty substantial, not like. Oh my God! The complete roster is completely redone. I think they're gonna they're gonna start doing some stuff and start kind of shaking some things around. Um, are they looking at the landscape? I mean, we've talked about this a couple of times, but like you look at landscape, and there are some real shaky situations. Yeah, all they're, over the they're, West. they're. I mean, there's across the league, man, and just the. I think they're gonna attempt to make not the big move. I think they're gonna try to make some moves that you're gonna like. Oh. Okay. One, because contractually they need to. They're not going to be a tax team. And two, because I think they're going to try to solidify things around the guards more. So, so wing move, you know, backup big. Just stuff that's front, front court stuff in general, I would say, particularly the three and the four. And that's not a Jeremy trade. And I don't think they're going to that road yet. But I do think they're going to try and 
get somebody at that three spot. I just have this just just kind of not not only just reading the tea leaves, but just stuff that I've heard behind the scenes around the league of like what teams are doing. I'm like, ah, that seems to bode pretty well for what Portland would want to do. So, and I think that's kind of why they kept their powder dry. So, yeah. Um, I think they're two years away. Well, you know, I said when this first started, this was going to be a three-year thing. Um, so I'm, I'm still standing by that. Even this this season not going as well as you wanted, you're still kind of a, of a general idea of what Scoot is. And he's become – the last 15 games, he's become the player that I think you and I talked about to start the season, both on and off record. Like I was like, I think he's going to be like more like downhill Drew Holiday. That was, yeah, that was the comp that I had for him, you know, behind the scenes. And you've started to see that. Now he's still a bad defender because he's a rookie, but not because he doesn't right. have tools or it's just he doesn't know how to do stuff. But you see him make plays, you're like, oh, okay. And then offensively, he's got the ability to get downhill and spray. Now, can he figure out how to finish around the rim? That's going to be interesting. And right. you know, then we'll kind of go from there. But I think you're getting a better understanding of stylistically where he is and then we'll kind of understand more you know a year a year from now kind of if he's a guy that you go yep this is who we're committing to or you go okay well we know where we are with this and we got one more year before we have to make any real commitments to a uh an extension like you know the rookie max kind of a deal or if he's something else so let me ask you that though like making weeks this summer mm-hmm. and how this might be a two-year process right I, I don't think that's a lot of surprise from people and i forget the listener who did it but whoever did it like i, I think it might ultimately become the term capture the flag is next year yeah and no, it's so great it's it's a fantastic i can't believe i never thought of it i was jealous I'm, I'm, when I, 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 I i am too i'm usually really good with those because i had sag for flag which i was like that's not bad it's not bad but compared to capture the flag capture the flag is mwah. 10 oh, at 10, 10, 11 at 11 10. Sag the flag is me describing what my Mexican dinner is, mm. and it's just atrocious. Capture the flag is premium knowing what Sago you're the flago. Yes, yeah, Sago the flago. But I, 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 I mean, there's got to be a limit to the way that they tweak the roster knowing that, you know, that could be a generational talent. And like, that is a position of need. That is a player that you want. So, like, I don't it's think they're make the playoffs by any stretch. I don't but. think they're even in the play-in next year. I think the way. Do so you think they're relatively where they're at now, if not a little worse, even? No, nah, I don't know about that. But okay. I will say that next capturing the flag. I think you want to be in that top three, four, right? Like I mean, you got to no, be. I mean, you you have to be. But also, next year's class is already like this it's class deep. is coming in like everyone and you're going to start hearing opinions change on guys like oh no it's actually not that bad and it's like from my perspective and the people that i've talked to behind the scene it's yeah what's like, that kid buzelis is Mod- that his name modest buzelis um yeah yeah he's with g league ignite he's kind of starting to rise up people's boards again because he's six foot ten and like if he can if he can shoot which he can if shoot he in can. high school yeah he shot he shot the living shit out of the ball in high school like that's just, high school, though. I don't but, care. Yeah. But again, if you can shoot, you can shoot. Like that's the thing is like how much of it is real and where where does that list like is he was he just like knocking it down at the high school level because he's six ten and could shoot over everybody, like, right? You know, sometimes that's the case. But I think he's more in between. I just don't think he has, and I, and I wrote about this. I don't think he has the physicality or the leverage, and I don't think he's a guy where he's such a good shooter that you can be like, eh doesn't really matter. He's going to knock him down anyways. Like, I just don't, I don't see him as that level. If you want to project him that way, that's fine. 
I just wouldn't touch. I wouldn't touch any of the Ignite guys other than Tyler Smith. Who so and that that you know. Well, that's an interesting takeaway given Silver's comments on the Ignite situation in general at All Star Weekend. So I want to give a shout out to a, a semi friend of the show. I know you know yeah. him probably better than I do. Sar, we already talked about the other one, and I I was gonna watch this on Saturday because he didn't play till Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody Williams and Raphael Barlow's latest mock. He has him at number five. And, you know, just going through, and I, I appreciate your reads on this. I read other people like Raphael Barlow's. Yep. Jeremy Wu's another one. Like, there's really good minds and thoughts on this draft process. You're killing my draft preview here. My, my I'm, draft I'm, preview. I'm teasing. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. And I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll flat out, I'll just tell folks, because if you're listening here, you're probably there. I'll give you the more advanced version in the write-up. But Cody, Cody's had a good year. A lot of questions about shooting. He's kind of answered some of those this year. He's number two on my board. Okay, Cody he's, Williams, number two on your he's board. He's number two on my board. I've okay. loved I've been on him from the jump this year. Um, I was talking to him. We could, we could bring our friend of the show, Sean Hyken, and Eric Gunderson. They will both tell you that, yeah, you were uh, you were talking about him probably way earlier than you should have. <laughs> there was was just, that you just being familiar with it, or was there yeah, a little no, bit of knowing uh, the name, but then also the Colorado connection with I, Tom I knew. And well, that, that plays into like Portland. Specifically, yeah. and that's the thing is yes. the, the, the the mock draft that I have coming out is a mock draft for the Trailblazers. How I would rank them as prospects for the Trailblazers, um, but no, Cody was a guy who like it's not like he came out of nowhere. It's not like oh my god, I've discovered this gem that nobody's ever seen. Like he's been around. Like he's all American, you know, Team USA. So I think he's a USA Select guy. Um, but pedigree certainly plays a part of it with his brother Jalen. But you're starting to see, like, they can both kind of do the same things, just a little bit differently in the sense of, like, hitting the most obscenely bat crap crazy mid-range shots with insane touch. But he's also six foot eight and just moves effortlessly, can cover defensively one through four. And they're like, well, he only weighs like 198 pounds. I'm like, yeah, fine. He's a kid. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, adding weight as long as your frame is there is fine. And you look at his brother right now. Does Jalen Williams look like a guy that, couldn't add weight early on. You know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. he's jacked now. And, like, I look at Cody Williams, like, hey, you throw 15, 20 pounds on him. He's, like, 215, 220, 225 pounds at 6'8", six, 6'9", six, and moves like that still. Yeah, sign me up. Like, those are the kind of guys that I'm, I would really, really, really going. I, I The thing about this draft is I think Sar has some of the highest potential in the draft, if not the highest potential in the draft, but also his size. I also think Williams has a ton of potential. I think Topic uh, from uh, Belgrade has a ton of potential. I think a guy like Riza Shea is really solid, but doesn't have the high end potential and could end up being a very good player. Like I've kind of comped him to kind of a Danilo Gallinari with a give a damn on defensive side, which like hey, I'm in on that. Look exactly like I'm if, in on that. But if That's, you're yes, if you're please. if you're drafting second, is that good? Typically, no. But in general, if I, if I told you you came out of the draft with, like, pre-injury Gallo with better defense, are you happy with that? And I would mm-hmm. say year to year, yeah. Is that, that's kind of, like, the, the difference in this draft is, like, I only look at Sars projectionally, the guy that's going to, like, he could change your franchise. Now, yeah. I don't think he's going to change. I think he's going to change your franchise the way Evan Mobley and Jaron Jackson have changed their franchises. Like, it, he's not the guy, but by God, is he a number two that you're like. Hell of a piece. Like, you can, and they can fit with anything. Yeah. 
And they're going to anchor your defense, and they're, you don't have to like, well, if I squint, we can kind of build the team around him. It's like, no, no, you're good. You don't, you don't need to do anything. Like, that dude's really good. Like, right. you could say day one, yeah, that guy's going to make some all-star teams. Is he going to be an MVP? Like, is it Wemby? No. But do I think, like, best case scenario, do I think Alex Sar could be an all-star in the NBA? Yes. Do I think he could be a defensive player of the year? Yes. Like, if everything hits and everything comes true, yes, if we're talking projections. Do I think that about uh, Topich? Mm, maybe. If everything went right, maybe. Maybe he makes, like, an all-star team. But the vast majority of players don't. Could I see yeah. him being, like, Bojan Bogdanovich? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, like, having being a really good offensive linchpin that either runs your your first unit as a secondary option or runs your entire second unit yeah but i think that's the 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 gist of this draft is it's it's more about the thing that you need or the thing that you want is it there and i think like if you want to take big swings on an international player like a guy like saloon this monstrous french kid where you're like he's super raw and the lows are really low but my God, are the highs high? Like, and then you're looking at a case where, like, you know, uh, uh, Thomas Sutteransky, you know, from Washington, we're like, you're taking a swing, but yeah. if you crash, it's going to crash really hard. Like, that's yeah. that's kind of the, the situation of like, but like, that's that's what I think this draft is going to be so much about. And that's why draft boards are going to be all like, if you took all 30 draft boards, I don't think you're going to have the same one. And this is of the first 10 picks. And I think that's probably the first time that's ever happened where like nobody has the same rankings. That's what makes it fun. I think going into it, it. that's what I think is going to make this draft one of the more interesting drafts of the last like 15 years. So Uh, this one, this one from one of our uh, diehards, Ricky Bell, this one's more for me, current roster of Blazers versus the current roster of Atlanta Braves playing a game of flag football, who you put money on. Come on, Ricky. We're we're chopping all day here. I I understand the Blazers have the height advantage and the weight advantage. Mm. Uh, the the Braves baseball players are crazier in a lot of ways. They like they want you to get their teeth knocked out so they can get up also, and smile in your face. I'm doing my guy dirty here, but have you seen Ryan repair try to try to play football? Uh, I oh from their their workouts from right? media day with the rookies <laughs> introductions. I was busted his ass about that. We were talking soccer. And yeah. then I switched to football, and he thought I was still talking soccer. Still talking about soccer. And I go, oh, that's right. I forgot you're French. <laughs> like, we were talking football about – Americano, man. Yeah, no, exactly. That was, we were talking about PSG because Mbappe is leaving PSG. And I'm like, are you, are you yeah. doing okay? Like, I know this is like a, a day of national mourning for you. And, you know, uh, I started was like, how are, you, how are you doing with, you know, American football? He's like, still not throwing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the Braves all day. I yeah, think I, they got I, look, I think Acuna is probably, probably breaking some ankles. Well, they all got fat asses too, yeah. man. Like Riley and Albies, like they got fat yeah. asses all over the place. I'll take that all day. Let's rip through a couple of these. Yeah, let's go. Uh, one of our listeners, I think, because of a tweet you had earlier, who is the cosmic crisp apple equivalent for you this season? Someone who's risen to the top of your list that you have there for you uh, heretofore overlooked or missed? Ooh, missed. Ooh, that's a that's a really good question. I don't know if I could, uh, who would be the cosmic. So uh, to be clear, I, I got crap for about this because Honeycrisp was my number one. Yeah, I, I have both in the bowl outside. I a hundred percent came from the Mina Kimes tweet. 
I was like, I've never tried the Cosmic Crisp, and it came. It comes from Washington State. So I was at the store. I'm like, oh, they do have Cosmic Crisp. So I grabbed them. I ate one today. Unbelievably good. I couldn't believe you hadn't had one. Unbelievable. I'm Team Honey Crisp. Or I was Team Honey Crisp. I like I, Honey. Honey Crisp are amazing. They're also I, genetic mutations that didn't exist. But uh, the Cosmic Crisp are too, though. Yeah, I know. But by God, are they juicy. But as far as like guys that I overlooked. I don't know if there's you know, one you know overlooking. I, I, I'm, if we're talking NBA, it's it's Jalen Williams. Oh, see, I it's, didn't know if this was because I well, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying in NBA wise because I thought he was good. Yeah, but not I didn't know he was this good. Sure. So, but even then, I guess I knew who he was. That's the thing; it's super hard for me to not know who somebody is. Look, this is—it's not. This is a hard question to answer with the Blazers. This is not to say I didn't expect him to be good or that I'm stunned that he's good. But if there's somebody that's shot up a leaderboard of like Jabari, how I feel, it's Jabari. Yeah, Jabari is my cosmic apple. Yeah, yeah. That's that's very, very, very hell. Yeah. Um, Duop. Duop's a great one too. That, I think that's a really good one. Yes. And let me Wop's just say real quick. That. Shout out Duop, getting paid. Yes. Look, I talked about practice Tuesday, Wednesday. No, it was yesterday. Um, that dude is so bleeping nice. I hate it. It's like you make everybody around you look like an asshole just by existing. He's just that nice of a guy. It's he's such a good dude. I I don't think I've walked by him once since the Blazers acquired him, where he hasn't stopped to say hi and talk. Yeah. And I'm talking like walking it like anytime. It's just it just is what it is. Like he's such a great dude, and so on that on that side, of like I I could not be happier for the guy. Uh, final question because we're over the hour mark here. Uh, I know there's a couple we didn't get to, but I'll. Uh... Somebody asking, should we be worried with the number of Blazers who have had abductor strains? A fairly rare injury seems to be common for Portland. Yeah, and then it popped up for Scoot. I was like, oh, here we go. We're going to deal with this again. Um, <laughs> tired of reading that injury. So, yes, I think that that's kind of falling under a – I don't want to say it's falling under a catch-all, but I also think people are looking – it's being treated um, differently than it was in the past. Like they would call it a groin I think that's what more often or not would be attributed to. And I think they're just kind of going back and forth. and They're just using this as kind of a that region injury. It's a mm-hmm. more specific thing. And I've seen people say, well, the players need to tra- change training staffs. Hey, genius. They've changed training staffs over and over and over over the last couple of years. I don't know if you're aware of that. But, yeah, for all of the people in my mentions that are saying that, they've changed. Well, it's a not lot. that you should never change, but sometimes I'm always like, I mean, is the trainer physically making the injury happen? <laughs> yeah, it's, no, and it's the thing. It's like, look, if all of a sudden, like, look, firing the staff after the Walton stuff, yeah, sure. yeah, they, 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 they did him dirty. I, yeah, all of the evidence shows that that's the case. Like, he sued him. I yeah, mean, that's what it's gonna be. Like, we, we all know, like, they, they got, they, they got him to play through an injury he never should have played through. But like the Greg Oden stuff. Ownership knew, Greg knew that he had a shelf life because one leg was long on the owner, mm-hmm. long on the owner, one leg that was longer than the other. Brandon Roy's knees had an expiration date that everyone in the organization knew it was implied risk. So it's like this, like this whole idea of, oh, the Blazers, their medical staffs have always sucked or they've always cursed. I'm like, look, man, these are all different things. And from the top down organizationally, they they knew the risks that they were taking. 
which is like, that's a different story. But it is weird that this adductor injury keeps popping up. But the flip side of this is Dames was there for five years before it was fully treated. Gary's was the third time that he had had the surgery done and had it done previously with other teams. So it wasn't like, oh, the Blazers are knife happy. Oh, by, by the way, since he got back to Golden State, been battling nothing but injuries. I think he's out starting yeah. tonight. Yes, yeah, with, with, yeah. with, with the groin injury. So, um, and then Nas, poor guy's unfortunately built like me and just finds a way to hurt everything. Yeah. Like that's, I think it's more just unfortunate than anything else. I think to be honest, my, my unsophisticated, uneducated medical opinion, I think Nas is too big and strong for his own body. That happens to guys. It legitimately does. Like your body is just not meant like my body was not meant to carry my fat ass when I was in the military at 65 pounds of gear. Yeah. You know, in 110 degree heat, like that's my, I, shredded my knees doing that and then i you know blew it up in a bad accident i think it's so, what you saw with ad for the first couple of years in la like he got he got bigger. too big yeah he just yeah. got too big and then well, they, watch the pelican highlights you're like almost floored about the size difference you're like whoa dude, and how like differently he moves like it's, yeah exactly the 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 stuff behind all that like the it's it's very interesting yeah uh second half of the season tips off tomorrow we're back i hope everybody enjoyed the all-star the break nuggies. Uh, great questions. They tip it off against the Nuggets. Not expecting a win, but it's that's, a combination. That's going to be interesting. Second half slash draft season is here, baby. <laughs> Which we will dive into. We will we will start pivoting. I will start bringing in um, draft folks, uh, and I will hint at this hint hint again. Um, Brandon and I. Well, maybe Brandon. Well, you, know, you will be if we were to do it uh, on location situation for March Madness um, with our oh. day jobs. I, yes. You would too, correct? No. No. No, they don't do morning stuff for that. Oh. well, We didn't do that last year. Okay. I would say that there's a very strong chance that I and my co-host will be on location. You guys will be, yes. Um, you should like find a way to talk yourself into that. Oh, I mean, like, I don't want to do a show at a location, but I went out to it last year at uh, A-Lin A. Okay. Um, yeah. So, for Me and Gundy coincidentally sat next to oh, each other at a bar. And it, were texting me? It was 11.30, yes, and it was yes. 11.30 a.m., and he was eating French onion soup, and I'm like, only Gundy would be doing this. Oh, God. Um, but as much as I would love to have a on-location Jack Ramsey's, I think I will be otherwise occupied at a location outside of this state. Um <laughs> Putting a little bit on the show. Like, rate, review, subscribe. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. We, we appreciate you. We love you. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. Help us continue to grow. Uh, the content will be shifting pretty hard into the draft here very soon. We will bring in draft guests like Jeremy Wu, like Kristen Peak. I will effort as many. Rafael Barlow. I will effort as many of those guys as I can as we have over the last couple of years. Dan Vecini is in Australia, yes. I think. So he'd be a yes. nice guy. Yes. To. Being able to get him, I'm, I'm sure he's, he's taking a little trip over to see uh, Sar in person and Sam is very, very good at what he does. Um, If you want to come hang out uh, earlier, uh, Dusty and I will be out at X-Golf Vancouver on Tuesday. Uh, We will be there all day. There's the, for all of our show, noon to three, live on location at X-Golf Vancouver. Isaac and Souk will be at X-Golf Tualatin uh, from their show, four to seven. Uh, And I'm sure that's probably going to continue to linger on. And uh, there are still groups open to to play golf uh, with and around us uh, at both locations. So 
Uh, as you can play Pebble Beach on a golf simulator, hang out, and if you're really bad, dead last gets a you get a free round of lessons, and if you win, you get a free get foursome a free at the summer yeah. tournament, which is dope as hell, and is where I downed an entire bottle of tequila last year. <laughs> And now, now the screen's going to go weird and Brandon's going to black out as I'm going to go. Oh, no. Dun, 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 dun. We get the split screen in my face. This will be awesome. Oh, there, there we go. go. Come on back. There we uh, go. We appreciate you. We love you. You can find us on social media, at Danny Bring, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey's email show, jackramsey's at gmail.com. You can find us, uh, you can find Brandon every morning, uh, 6 to 9 on 1080 AM The Fan, YouTube.com backs us 1080 AM The Fan, Twitch.com backs us 1080 AM The Fan. That's right. Well, you're on Twitch now uh, on for the uh, radio show. Woohoo! Did you know that? Woohoo! No, I found out about a week ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's, that's your social media manager really keeping you up to date on things. Oops. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find me every day, noon to three, with my co-host. Uh, I almost said Andy Dirt Johnson. I'm like, that's not my co-host. No. Uh, Dusty Harris, is my co-host. The fan man. Uh, as much as he may hate it, uh, he has to put up with me every day for three hours. Uh, tune in across uh, all of your platforms. We appreciate you. We love you. We will catch you here soon. Take care. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Talk soon. Mm, bye.